Week 7 was either the best or worst week of the year, depending on how your fantasy team did. If you held on to hope for Amari Cooper or LaShawn McCoy, your faith was rewarded in a big way. If you spent all day long hoping the Titans, Panthers, Broncos, and Cardinals got their act together, you probably had a rough afternoon. We had several players score in the 30s, and several teams go without scoring a touchdown. Is it time to panic for some of our favorite fantasy assets? Well, you're about to find out. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott and Tom. Hey, everybody. Week seven is just about to wrap up. We've got an interesting one with uh, Washington and Philadelphia tonight. Uh, But overall, been a very, very up and down week. Uh, And I think that was evidenced by a lot of my teams this week, just kind of. Some of them played really well, and some of them oh, were yeah? tanked. Yeah, one of them probably did okay, Don? Yeah. You yeah. jerk? Well, yeah. I hate both of you, really. We've but... been bullying Scott. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just ridiculous. So, in our hometown league, two weeks in a row, Scott has played Tom and myself, and last week, Tom put up 149, and it looks like I'm... And I scored 120. Yeah. Which is and a I'm going to score, score 120 again yeah. and lose again. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And a win it, yeah. Adds okay. to the unpredictability of the season. Another thing that I wanted to bring up to you guys and see what you thought, like... The season's been so unpredictable and so hard to make heads or tails of. The most consistent guy in the league, 10,000 straight snaps. Joe Thomas is about to be done for the year. He is. They announced How it about that, man? It's awful. Unbelievable. Awful. If we played a point-per-snap league, he would have been number one the number one pick in any starting <laughs> dynasty league going forward. But, I just, yeah, I feel terrible for him. The Browns look like they're going to be even worse. The Brown, This might be the defeated Browns of the year. Every time I think of him, I think of that one picture where they messed up the caption. And it yeah. says, Joe Thomas, first offensive lineman in NFL history. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Honestly, like, pretty pretty close. Yeah, I know, and that's why it's so funny, too. He's really he feels, the only one that matters at this point. He feels like he is yeah. the first and only. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we have a wide pool to pick from, so I'm interested to see where we go with this. Uh, let's get to our losers of the week. I look around at us. You know what I see? Losers. Presented to you by Star Lord himself. Uh, it, a lot of different ways this could go. Um, you could literally pick half the quarterbacks in the league really, and yeah. have a pretty fair argument. But I'll lead off and I'll start with the quarterback that I chose out of the the litter, um, and it's Cam Newton. And I think the loser is anyone who owns Cam Newton because you know we know that this happens to Cam. We didn't expect it to happen against Chicago, and we tried to warn against it when. When people were drafting and trying to plan for Cam and how to how to deal with him this year, but Cam goes out there and lays a turd in a matchup that everyone expected him to go off in. You know, this is one of those weeks for Cam that which now further makes him completely unpredictable. Now you have you still have no clue when to play him. He was starting to get hot, but now you have no clue when to play him, when to start him. The loser is everybody who owns Cam. The yo-yoing is more dangerous than just being bad or just being good. Right. It's the the temptation to start him and then the result being a nuke to your team. Right. 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 Tom, how about you? I think Uh, you're a quarterback too. Yeah. I'm going to say Marcus Mariota here. Hopefully it's because of this lingering injury. But you know, he doesn't there was, look right. to me, there was two ways that this season could have went, and 
in the beginning of the year, I wasn't so hyped on Marcus Mariota, but I believed in him. You know? Right. It, the addition of the weapons, like Eric Decker, like that's kind of thing. Corey Davis now really, coming back. I liked that a lot, mm-hmm. and it helped. It helped me rank him highly, probably a top ten uh, yeah. quarterback. But if he can't get it done versus the Browns, you know, it, it, it gives me worry. And the and the thing that I want to talk about is last year when he had that stretch of seven or six games or whatever where he was the number one quarterback. He had a really easy schedule right there. Right. So it was basically like all his spot starts, the times that you would spot we're start just in a row. Mariota, were in a row. Yeah, and, and I, then it got hurt. And I think that's what happened. And I think we're seeing that now because if he can't even get it done versus the Browns. Not with, even a touchdown. I know. And he missed Delaney Walker. So this, the streak ends with probably the best tight end. Yeah. That yeah. has faced them in the past several weeks. Probably the whole year. Uh, yeah, maybe the year. <laughs> um, with one of the most competent quarterbacks, or so we thought. Yeah. They can't even get it done. Yeah. He did have him wide open for all you Delaney Walker owners, He really did, yeah. And uh, he threw it at his feet. I, it was a, That's a good pick, Tom. That, he was a prime loser this week. And like you said, if he can't do it in a matchup that's this good, you know, it becomes he becomes a Cam Newton. Yeah, and <laughs> it, I mean completely unpredictable. Yeah, and let's think about that stretch he had. He in that stretch he played the Colts twice, twice. who stunk. He played the Jags twice. The Jags defense was terrible last year. Right. He played the Texans, I think, in one of those games. And you know the Texans defense was struggling a lot more last year than it seems to be so far this year. So yeah, it was. It's just been a tough. Yeah. I mean, the Titans offense just has not found its identity yet, and. Now it's a problem because it's going to be week eight next week. I actually have it right here. It was Miami, Cleveland, uh, the Colts, Jags, Chargers, Green Bay, and then uh, the Colts again. Yeah, wow. that that was like, please throw on me last year. Like, like all those teams. That was it. I yeah. think really what happened. In, and I almost was on that side of things coming into the year. And I wish I had been so I could have helped people a little bit more. But I think... You know, I think he's a big fat loser yeah. right now. Yeah, I am not going quarterback. Although I could have gone Mitch Trubisky because um, he basically John Fox he has won, basically though. turned him into Tim Tebow. Um, <laughs> I'm going with Larry Fitzgerald because this is a guy who's lost a lot of stuff. You know, and he even said it. I mean, he looked so dejected in a very nice sport coat in London, but like he's very well dressed. But he was just like, I mean, we just lost a lot of stuff. He's like, we lost our best offensive playmaker. We just lost our quarterback. You know, Carson Palmer broke his arm. First prognosis was eight weeks. He's saying he hopes he gets out there in four to six. I don't see it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, and so he was killing it. And now he's got Drew Stanton and or Blaine Gabbert throwing to him. Arians has already said he's not going to go out and get a free agent quarterback to come in and fill in for Palmer and get to know the system. You know, the Cardinals do have a bye week. So Stanton's got two weeks to kind of get everything but figured Stanton out. But has been in before, and, and Larry stuck. has really struggled with, with him as quarterback. So I agree. It's it's a huge loss for Larry because, like you said, you know, you lose David Johnson, and that takes, you know, that moves the attention from David Johnson to Larry. So he's already got it. He's already behind the eight ball, and now he loses his quarterback. That's yeah. just brutal for I could have even player. I could have even thrown Adrian Peterson in there, but I think game script kind of took him out of the game pretty quickly. But, I mean, if defenses are loading the box against a 32-year-old Adrian yeah. Peterson, it's a lot different than defenses loading the box against a 28-year-old Adrian Peterson. So, you Can know. I have an uh, honorary mention? Sure. Matt Ryan? Oh, my God. You just played New, uh, New England, and you threw one touchdown. So, yeah. Julio. One Last touchdown. Minute we got Julio. So, he bailed himself out 
and he Barely. turned in a, in a good fantasy performance, 17 points, but it's not, again, what you expect. Like, that's not enough for me. Um, no, there was, you know. He's not tanking you, though. So, like, he's not giving you anything, like, under 10. Right, like, yeah. He's only, so this is now the second time he's been over 15 points on the year. Year. Which is bad. Terrible. Really bad. So from those losers, there's probably a lot of guys out there who need a hero. So let's get to our heroes of the week. That's where we highlight guys that you should be checking out on your waiver wire. We're going to start with guys who are now on our radar. Then we're going to mention a couple of guys who are back on our radar who maybe we took off after a few weeks. And some other guys who we kind of tried to tell you about and hopefully you listened. Um, So let's get to it. The big biggest surprise performance, I think, for a guy who really w- hasn't been on our radar all year, and we even said in the tight end special that O.J. Howard wasn't going to be on our radar for a while, comes out six catches, 83 yards, and two touchdowns against the Bills. You know, Cameron Braid owners were like, why wasn't that why Cameron Braid? <laughs> you know, and it's so weird because he's really scored on the same play for all three of his touchdowns. He drags across the field and no one follows him and he ends up wide open streaking down the field. Yeah, yeah that he, he could be a tackle and score on that play. Yeah. So that's what doesn't that doesn't make me want to add OJ Howard at all. Right. I know I'm like the leader of the Cameron Brait fan club, but Cameron Brait's still getting more targets. I think the only way that I would start or add OJ Howard is Cameron Brait injury. Yeah. And at that point he'd be like extremely startable i'd be all in for it yeah but i just don't think there's room for him it's a game where Jameis dropped back and passed a million times yep. so cameron Bright still got more targets and i expect cameron Bright to maintain that target lead yeah i think uh we put him in a good spot as on the radar right yeah. he's he's on the radar right now he's not this guy who you need to use your claim on but he's a guy i think you need to be paying attention to because the bucks defense has been so bad they're going to be throwing so much so howard's just going to get more and more involved and even to your point tom uh, a couple really nice plays the Bills made that really prevented Brait from having a great game. Uh, he went up to seam and basically had a touchdown last second. A guy tipped it. Uh, you know there were a couple full battles. extension dive. On yeah, that one. there were a yeah. couple battles in the middle of the field that were just good defensive plays. That you know Brait was inches away from having like a a normal Brait game. So I agree that that kind of brings Howard down. He was inches away basically from having OJ Howard's day. Yeah, still yeah. six receptions though, and in PPR. That's a tight end that you really can you can get count behind. on, right? Yeah, um, the Marshawn Lynch suspension. Sorry about the plum pick, guys. That was really bad. Uh, didn't think it was going to end like that. I'll tell you that much. But uh, because of that, the other two running backs come in for Oakland, and they really did a good job. I thought DeAndre Washington ran really hard, and I thought Jalen Richard made the most of his opportunities out of the backfield. Obviously, it was a big day for Carr, but one of these two running backs is going to give you flex value. If if they discover what everybody else did, that their backfield's a lot better off when they're not force feeding Marshawn Lynch twelve carries a game. Yeah, and I think based off of what we saw this week that was successful for Oakland, you could kind of expect them to go back to their pass happy ways. Um, they're they're kind of running experiment with Marshawn and trying to be more balanced. Didn't really work out that well, and they went out and. And Derek Carr just absolutely lit the field on fire uh, Thursday night. What a performance. So I think that that pass catching could lead more toward Jalen Richard uh, getting that PPR bump. But it seems like Washington's going to be that that hammer on the goal line. I agree. So 
uh, Washington is getting the goal line carries, which to me makes him a bit more valuable. Yeah. Um, you see even Latavius Murray in that system last year have a lot of goal line looks. They do like to run the ball inside the five, inside the ten. Right. Um, but like you said, Richard is going to be the pass-catching option. So if you're maybe a little bit further down the waiver order or this guy doesn't even get claimed and you're in a PPR league, you know he could he could turn out something for you. Right. Maybe even a DraftKings play this upcoming week. I like that. We'll stick with running backs. We've got Marlon Mack with Robert Turbin out for the year. There's a big role left in the uh, Colts offense. And at some point, I think they're going to start trying to either preserve and they could even possibly trade Frank Gore because their season is going nowhere. They're looking worse now. And I don't think Frank Gore is going to be too happy to sacrifice another year of his ageless body to be on a team that maybe wins three or four games this year. Yeah. Not I mean, to mention the offensive line just being so badly. Even T.Y. Hilton's getting on TV and saying, yeah, it's their fault. <laughs> I was going to make yeah. my loser of the week the Colts offensive line so we can include T.Y. Hilton in another segment. But oh, well, I thought against well, he, it. He's a favorite of ours. But, um, yeah, Mac out-snapped Gore. That's the first time all year that Mac actually outsnapped Gore. So it seems like this could be a changing of the guard. Um, if he's out there on your waiver, I think he's very much worth an ad. Yeah. Um, let's go to receivers now. A uh, guy who's going to get a big opportunity due to some injuries, Brandon LaFell out of Cincinnati. Yeah, there's just, you know, John Ross hurt, Tyler Boyd hurt. There's just volume in that offense right now. And, you know, I. We're not LaFell lovers. I know Tom is a specific LaFell hater, but, you know, volume is volume is volume, and he's going to have it. Yeah, I mean, I do. I'm a a noted, and there's evidence of it that I do not like Brandon LaFell. Right. But only, you know, I can can understand the opportunity. So even so, I think he's a good option right now. He's definitely sneaky, and because a lot of people like myself hate him, he'll be cheaper. <laughs> right. You know, he, he doesn't have the best hands in the world, but he's had games, like, in recent history. Big games. On the Bengals, where he goes off. Yep. So, one could be upcoming. I've mentioned how I like Tyler Croft as a roster play now. Yeah. Because their schedule is going to get a little bit easier here. So, the same boost, I think, goes to Brandon LaFell. I actually I didn't even mean to do this, but they play Indy next week, the Bengals. Yeah. So um, then we've got Marquise Goodwin, who to me, I mean, he's obviously got some value, but to me, it seems like he's just been having a Warriors year. Like he, it seems like he's always banged up, he's always yeah. taking big shots, but he's been really producing for the 49ers, no matter who plays at quarterback for them this the year. The reason why I like him as an ad is because of how well he's done with Bethard at quarterback. You know, that's that's like the main reason. And he's got the speed and he's got the hand. So if Bethard's looking at him, you know, he he could easily be a big part of this offense. Total speedster. I've, I've mentioned him a few times. I really do like that guy. Um, Garcon, not a crazy red zone threat. So right. the fact that Goodwin can score from afar and the game script for them is always going to be throw, passing throw, because throw. they have just been getting – destroyed yeah man so he gave it to him this weekend oh yeah all right moving on now we got demarcus robinson from the chiefs a wide receiver on the chiefs not named tyreek hill might have some value this year what snap share this guy played 98 percent of the offensive snaps in the chiefs offense you know that's just a little too high powered for me too high of a snap share to not say hey i I want to take a look at this Robinson guy. He was getting some good looks on Thursday night. I actually uh, 
almost played him in that Monday through Thursday. Oh wow, that would have been nice. Because I did, I I tinkered big time. If you didn't notice, (laughs) Uh, the tinker did work, but he was he's dirt cheap. So even in those plays, in those kind of places, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, probably gonna outperform his budget. Yeah, most likely. Last guy who has certainly popped up on our radar. We don't talk about this format a lot. Maybe we should be talking about it more. And I had to put him on there. <laughs> Eddie Jackson of the Chicago Bears. What a game! Seventy-five yard, a f- seventy-five yard fumble and a seventy-five yard pick six. I mean, first player in NFL history to have yeah. two touchdowns on defense from seventy-five yards out or further. Hashtag stats. That is I mean, just a you know. I I asked Don. I was like, dude, you gotta look, like because Don plays in a defensive player league. I, I do. Like, you gotta look it up and see if he had the best week. Like you, I gotta know. He like, did. And of course he did. He, it was incredible. So when I thought about that and I was going through, you know, who who I liked, and I felt like we needed to bring him up because oh, he had absolutely. a heck of a game and he yeah. deserves it. Uh, let's, yeah. I mean, it was awesome. He had forty in base. What's in my in my IDP league? It's the first time like anybody's doing it, so it's like very standard scoring for IDP leagues. Right. He had forty, <laughs> forty on the waiver. Yeah, and I picked him up. I, I put a waiver claim in for him. I was like, I got I was like, you know what? Let me just roll with this guy for a couple weeks. Um, let's go to some guys now who are getting back onto our radar. Uh, starting with the running back from Minnesota. A couple weeks ago, it was Jarek McKinnon. Now it's Latavius Murray. He powers yep. the Vikings to a victory over I think that was Baltimore. A, that was a very good use of of word there, Don. Powers, you know, and I think that that's what it's going to be when the Vikings are relying on more of a power run game, which is what was has beaten the Viking or I'm sorry the Ravens this year so Latavius Murray was be able to just pound between the tackles and really lay waste their defense he had a great game he had a great uh final stat line over yep. 100 yards and a touchdown you mean you really look for one of those things yeah. he had both and a lot of people had already given up on him so if you stayed the course uh congrats on that I think it will be a bit of a headache going forward with McKinnon sure and uh Murray because McKinnon does look really good yeah and I think in PPR formats, it's a it's a more McKinnon lean. Agreed. And then in standard, it's more Latavius Murray. But um, either one, and I did just do this, is why I kind of bring it up, and I'm, I'm happy that I traded McKinnon. I think either one of them is good for a trade right now. Yeah, they're a nice trade piece. You don't want that headache going forward. Yeah, right. Um, and, like, I wasn't predicting Latavius Murray was just going to come in here and create the headache. Right. So I, my trade was good – Without me suspecting that, you know, it just so happened to have worked out yeah, in my right. favor a little bit more than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to uh, some receipts. We got a lot of receivers in this section, actually. Uh, starting with Jeremy Macklin, if only because of Mike Wallace's injury. Uh, concussion, it was a really ugly looking thing. They have a very quick turnaround. They play Thursday night against Miami. I don't see any way Wallace gets cleared for that game. Right. So that means Macklin's in for a huge amount of targets. Right. And Perriman. Is hurt too. Yep. So, you know, it seems like Macklin's going to get fed, and everything that they've said has been like, no, he's definitely coming back Thursday. Uh, Thursday. So, you know, Macklin, possibly a plug and play this week. Absolutely. So, um, Mohamed Sanu comes back. He has a pretty solid PPR day against the Patriots, uh, especially because Atlanta was throwing basically the whole second half. Right. And, you know, I think he's back, and he showed that he's back in a, in a, serviceable way yeah it was a convincing he's back he had a good game a, a very Muhammad Sanu like game so if you're big on Sanu you know he doesn't seem like he's dropped off so I think he's and that too. just if if you're the type of guy who like is looking for this type of thing we are very close to the um 
the let's go out there and have some fun and throw a wide receiver reverse with Muhammad Sanu territory for the Falcons. Like they're, they're so close to needing that uplifting, like, Oh wow. Like that was so cool. Kind of play to kind of like get them to be like, okay, like let's enjoy playing football again. <laughs> Their because current climate, it will go it, terribly. Play will go drastically wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we'll see. But I, I, I think that like, he's usually good for one of those a year. I think it's coming. Yeah, and I love that. Maybe it would finally get another Julio Jones touchdown. Yeah, board, maybe he'll but, actually uh, look at him. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, Ted Ginn Jr., my goodness, uh, sets his new career high in receiving yards against the Packers, of course, which, you know, the Packers have a lot of problems. But um, an interesting week for him, for sure, and uh, certainly a week to get you got, to get him back on the radar for us. He's kind of a, uh, a boomer bust guy. We know that about him. Right. Not the best hands in the world either. To me, right now, he's always played similar to Kenny Stills, and they actually played in the same like role right now. Kenny right. Stills used to be over there, and those guys have always just been good spot starts. They're not really like a guy that you can roll out there every single week. Right. And for right now, for my money, I'd rather Kenny Stills because of oh, yeah. the uh, the missing pieces in the offense. But it's worth noting, for Ted Ginn's sake, that Willie Sneed was just inactive. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, it's looking ugly, and uh, Brandon Coleman hasn't exactly been soaking up targets, although he did score again. Um, They're one of the highest-rated... He's one of the highest-rated receivers when targeted this year, passer rating-wise. He's in the top five, uh, Ted Ginn is, so... You know that's pretty surprising. I didn't. I really didn't expect that. And you know when you do when you see that and when you look at his actual output, you know he's worth an ad. He's been he's been very good so far. All right. He's kind of like one of those. If you took away the name, yeah. and you only saw the stats. You'd be like, oh, that's Julio. You'd be more inclined to play him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, he's in an offense with Drew Brees, so you can always do worse than to start someone who Drew Brees is throwing to. Right. So good opportunity here to get a guy who maybe is. You're, maybe you'd be striking when the iron is cold. Uh, we got Sterling Shepard, who's coming up on a bye, but it looks like he's going to come out of that bye with as close to a clean bill of health as he's had all season. Yeah. So might be a good time to go out and get him. You know, you got you're probably going to have a lot of teams who are trying to get some of these players who actually have a game in Week Eight. So if you're you know if you're looking at maybe you don't have a Week Eight bye at receiver, maybe you got like a Week 10, 11, 12 rough patch. That's the guy that you can go get because he's going to be targeted heavily when he comes back. Definitely. I like the move a lot. I literally actually traded Phillip Rivers for him in the league that I picked up Deshaun Watson because at that point, you know, I don't really need him. Right. So I spot started someone this week at quarterback and I'll be fine going forward with Deshaun Watson. I think Sterling Shepard is going to see a lot of targets. I mean, I, I don't see the argument against it. Yeah. And I struck when the iron was ice cold. Yeah, but while I, he was hurt. Yeah, but, but I, you can still strike now, and he's probably still available in some leagues. I think he's going to get dropped a lot this week in a weird way because of the buy and how many. And he was a late scratch buys. too, and that just like that gets under people's skin a lot. I think. Yeah, um, savvy people will hang on to him, but they should. We all know that not every league consists of ten or twelve savvy people. Right. Uh, let's go to a couple of rookies. Kenny Galladay coming back from the Lions by looking to be pretty healthy. Uh, he's a red zone guy, and that's what you got to love, especially if Golden Tate is going to miss time post-Lions bye week. Yeah, Marvin Jones Jr. too. Uh, I know he's much more widely owned, but because of the bye as well, he might have been dropped in a similar fashion by those unsavvy league mates that are out there. 
Golden Tate's still going to be hurt, so those guys are both good options in my opinion. And we can also go to another rookie, Corey Davis out of Tennessee, Scott. Yeah, it just seems like he's starting to come back into form. Uh, battled through that hamstring injury. Uh, you know, obviously we're not too hyped on the Titans offense after four field goals against the Browns, but I think that that leads to a lot of potential opportunity yeah. for a guy they're pretty high on. Yeah, especially like week nine, ten, like what we're coming up on. Those are the kind of moments where these rookie receivers stop being rookies and they start looking like they're, you know, going to be seasoned pros down the road. So I'm hoping that that happens with Corey Davis. And we all obviously firmly believe that he will. Uh, Let's get to some guys who we tried to tell you about, starting with our boy. He owes all of his fame to us, the the Moscow Mule. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a good Cooper Cup game. Scott, I think you said that uh, verbatim. Leading in, on yeah, yeah, I was excited. I, I fired him up in my uh, DraftKings, and he paid off for me. I was sure about that. Yeah, and there's a lot of games coming up where they face like a very good cornerback, you know. Yeah, right. And that's where Sammy Watkins is going to be tied up. And in those games, Cooper Cup has really excelled. Absolutely. Yeah, and they look for him in the red zone. So as far as a fantasy asset, that's what you're looking for. You could do worse. Yeah, like I was just worse. I was just watching red zone, and I saw. Three separate Moscow Mule end zone targets. He caught one. One was like a tip ball. One, you know, maybe overthrown, whatever. But he saw three separate end zone targets, which, you know, Julio Jones can't even get that. No. So what he, what he's getting right now is, is pretty incredible. And it's so interesting. Like, the better a cornerback, a better one cornerback they have, the better matchup it is for him. It's, yeah. it's very weird, but it's definitely something to pay attention to. Well, because to. you know that, like, a team's not going to put their number one corner on Cooper Cup. They're going to put it on Watkins because they even though... They shut him out. Even, yeah, and even though McVay's offense has shown, like, they're not going to force it to a guy who's got a great cornerback covering him, like... It's just not going to happen, you know. So it's it's it, um, he's in a great spot yeah. to succeed, and, and so tr- is the guy who's throwing it to him, which is another guy on our list, Jared Goff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's worth a look because you know if Palmer is going to be out, I know they they're going to play Arizona again, and that might be a week where you know it, it might not be the sexiest matchup for Jared Goff, but. If Palmer's going to be out, that defense is going to be on the field for so long. Yeah. They're going to get worn out. He did the same thing against the Seahawks. He played very well. Jared Goff's really showing us a lot this yeah, year. he is. And unfortunately, he's getting overshadowed by Carson Wentz, who was taking one spot behind him. But, I mean, these two guys have actually shown us a lot. Wentz has shown more, which is why we're always right. talking about him. But Goff has still been very good this year. Got a question for you guys. Twitter's going a little... Uh... Updatey with Marshawn Lynch appeal. Okay. Um, they've argued that nine players last year made contact with an official and none of them were suspended. How many of them uh, left the bench and then made contact with the official? I agree that that's probably a big fat zero. But <laughs> yep. most appeals, you know, they go in the favor of players a lot of the times. I mean, he's still going to pay fines. He's not skirting away from that. But would you guys, does this change your opinion on the fact that that if you were going to try to claim Washington a little. or Richard, I think yes, I think it would hurt you more if you're trying to claim Washington, Washington. Obviously, for just for that goal line work, but I don't know. To me personally, I don't think that they're just going to give up on Marshawn and just let him sit on the sidelines unless they release him. So if he's going to play, I think it gets more muddled. And when it's muddled like that, I like the pass catcher. Yeah. Um. If if that's true and he wins his appeal. They go from waiver wire ads to free agent ads. If somebody else wants to use a claim on them, I'm okay with it. Like I don't need to. I don't need to get them if Marshawn is going to appeal the suspension because you know even if he doesn't, 
he's going to be out a week and the Raiders still have their bye week. So are you really going to play, have keep the second or third running back on the Raiders through their bye? Probably right. not. For me, it kind of, it kills it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all kind of, Scott's on one end. I'm like kind of in the middle, I think. And Tom, you're It kills it for me because like if, if he's back and it's business as usual, I wouldn't have added them to begin with. Right. Yeah. So we're back to, it's a zero sum game. Yeah. And let's yeah. let's move to another pair of running backs whose starter is probably going to be coming back. Uh Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon certainly made the most of their game against the Colts without Leonard Fournette, but it does seem like he wanted to play Fournette, really wanted to get back into that indie game. I'm sure he really wanted to pad his rookie stats yeah. a little bit, but uh they're doing the smart thing. They're holding him out a week. They throttle the Colts. So these two are not as high on my list. However, if we start to hear that, you know, Fournette tweaked it in a workout or tweaked it in practice or doesn't look right in practice, these guys, you know, don't cut them yet. If and, you can yeah. if you ha- if you picked one up to be your Fournette fill in, I think you can hold on to him at least for this week or maybe the or the next couple of weeks to kind of see what happens because, you know, that Jaguars backfield is worth it given the usage that these running backs are getting. Yeah. yeah, for me, um, Yeldon is – you can cut him, really. Yeah. I, he had a great game, and I think in hindsight, he's probably one of the best uh, daily fantasy plays you could have bought ever had. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of I, – it didn't cross my mind, but I, I wish it had, of right. course. Uh, Chris Ivory, like I said, man, you got lucky that if you – if you didn't own him – all right, let me rephrase this because I thought – I said you got lucky when I thought Fournette was going to play. So you probably actually got unlucky if you didn't own Chris Ivory. You should own them both together forever. You should yes. have both of those players. Right, exactly. That's I think that's the main reason why he was on this list is that if you have Fournette, you or you need one. You need Ivory. Yeah. You need Ivory. Yeah. Um, let's move on now to a tight end. The sec only the second tight end we've actually mentioned in this segment, but. Uh, it's been it was a, it was a slow week I think for uh, waiver wire ads. Tyler Croft scored again for Cincinnati, and I think that you know they want they're kind of forcing him into that Eifert role and they're giving him every opportunity to take it while Eifert's gone. So you know you could do a lot worse with your starting tight end than a guy who scored what is it I think it's like three touchdowns in the last four weeks. Well, so yeah, two were in one game. Um, he's or, so actually might be four touchdowns. I can check on that. Um, he's got a good schedule coming up, like I just said. Right. Next game is going to be the Colts. I think he's rosterable. I I don't think it's a, a rental anymore. He, right. I think he's outgrown the like the Ryan Griffin category or whatever, and I think he's moving up, yeah. especially because the position is so hurt and so inconsistent this year that he's actually uh, he's moved up uh, yeah. echelon in my opinion. All right, let's. Uh, we got a quite a few receivers left. Kenny Stills, we mentioned it. I don't, or Tom, you and I were talking about this. I don't think Devontae Parker's playing Thursday night. I think they're going to hold him out one more week, give him that pseudo buy going into week nine, and then he comes back and hopefully he can give them, you know, something, a little bit of a boost on that stretch run. So I think Kenny Stills is worth firing up against Baltimore on Thursday night. I don't think anything that, um, I don't think Devontae Parker coming back even hurts Stills that much. It's a pretty, evenly spread target share there like we've always brought up and how many touchdowns does Kenny Stills have to score before it's like okay let's start throwing this guy the ball a little bit more yeah I agree he's on fire right now he looks great yeah all right last couple receivers these two are not only in the waiver wire consideration they're also in consideration for touchdown celebration of the year 
First, we've got Juju Smith-Schuster. He scores again. He plays hide-and-seek with Le'Veon Bell. It was awesome. Obviously planned weeks in advance, possibly. But, uh, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster is playing so well that Martavis Bryant doesn't want to be his teammate. Dude. Which I think is really impressive for him. What is Martavis Bryant's deal, man? I don't know. Just keep your mouth shut and sit the bench like we all want you to. It's Juju time. You got to keep him on your roster, I think. I don't think you cut him. And it's basically the trade deadline is approaching. Right. And if they move him somewhere where he can be useful, he can be useful to you as well. Yep. So uh, for me, I'm not starting him, obviously. He's been a nuke when you do. Yep. But I'm keeping him on there until the trade deadline. If he doesn't get traded and then the trade deadline comes, then, then I, let I him can go. cut him. Yeah. Uh, and Robbie Anderson jumping into that empty row of seats right on the field level of the fel- of the Dolphins. Like, listen, I know it's hot in Miami, but those seats are amazing. Like, if you have tickets to those seats, like, how could you possibly not take them? Whatever. Uh, Robbie Anderson takes full advantage, gives himself a nice seat after he cooks the Miami defensive backfield for another touchdown. He's looked great this year. Yeah, I loved that celebration. I think it might have been, you know, I love Robbie Anderson, so it's a little biased, but it was definitely one of my favorite celebrations of the year, him just kicking back and and taking in the sights. Um, You know, tough game for the Jets. Yeah, very tough. Um, and then finally, one defense, the Chargers. Yeah. What a game <laughs> against Denver. Uh, punt return touchdown. A sh- they pitched a shutout. Just an incredible game. You could even throw the Rams in there, too. They got roasted the first time they played Chargers. They really Sydney. did, yeah. Roasted. Stood no chance. And now they come out and blank them. It just shows how crazy NFL is. It man. sure has been. <laughs> All right, shall we run down the slate, gentlemen? Let's do it. All right, we had a great start to the week with Chiefs Raiders. I mean, we told you you could pretty much start anybody you had in this matchup, and it worked out. Tyreek Hill gets a long touchdown. Travis Kelsey gets a touchdown. Derek Carr goes nuts. This is the craziest. Yeah. Had a, a both great quarterbacks game. played great, and it's the craziest game of the year. Yeah, this and was by far the craziest game of the year. The touchdown that Alex Smith threw that bounced off the Raiders' hands, and then the guy comes that it wasn't even really intended for him. Basically, sneaks behind it for like a sixty-yard touchdown. Carr throws like seven hundred times, completely inconsistent. Drops from Amari Cooper. Three penalties on the last play of the game to get the Raiders to win. Like holy crap, this game was nuts. Wild, entertaining game and. I mean, the drops were there, but Amari but Cooper was going at 211 yards, 20 11 targets, catches, 19 targets, <laughs> insane, just an insane game. And Crabtree scores a game-winning touchdown after not being that effective throughout the course of the game. So he salvaged his fantasy day on the fifth last play of the game, yeah. and it was it was just it was such a cool game. I, I that's really all I have. Oh, was it game of the year? Was the only question I wanted to ask. You no, guys. no. I mean, I it was. Not. Dude, it was just penalties. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it the wasn't. Penalties I, there's, there's, decided that game. There's so much time left, and I hope we, we see some some cool stuff along the way. I don't want to root for anything to be yeah. uh, the pinnacle just All right. yet. All right. Well, Ravens-Vikings certainly wasn't in the running for game of the year. Uh, the Ravens, one of many teams to not score a touchdown. Um, just, a, just a brutal game. And Latavius Murray making Jarek McKinnon owners very, very mad. Yeah, yeah, good I game mean, for Kai Forbeth. Yeah, yeah. Kai Forbeth went nuts. Um, he is that is the living embodiment of why I don't like kickers very much. Like that's too many points. It's, yeah. it's disproportionate. <laughs> that's yeah. not fair. Like, no, yeah, I hear you. I I really do. There's Scott not, and I were always thinking like it would be cool if you gave field goal kickers a point for every yard of a field goal that they kick. Field goal kickers should be combined with the defense and not even be drafted. 
That's how <laughs> I, that's how I feel about it. I just them. I don't think the logistics of that are going to work because it's defense slash special teams, yeah. and that's what it is. All right, Saints Packers. Let's uh, let's move on from that. Brett Hundley in the first quarter was very good. Brett Hundley quarters two, three, and four very bad. Um, a really rough week if you have any of the Packers pass catchers, but a very good week if you had Aaron Jones. Yeah, they could be uh, the pass catchers could be considered for our losers segment. Yeah, uh, very handily. Good thing is they have a bye, and we'll see what happens on the other side of it. There was some weather going on there, which is not what people are talking about. You know, it wasn't a great day to pass the ball. It's fine for Drew Brees, but he's Drew Brees. You yeah, know? right. And he even he had his struggles. He threw a couple picks, two um, red zone picks in the first the, quarter. The Packers were like in the game for a while too, so it kind of made a lot of sense for them to to keep running and and see if they could kind of hang in there. I would just. You know, chill on the Packers receivers. These guys are still studs. Let's give them that bye week, like Tom said, to try to get Hundley a little more confidence and throw on the ball to Jordy. Yeah. I don't even think it's crazy to try to buy low, uh, make a low ball offer at any of those guys and see if you can steal one. Right. All right. Jets, Dolphins, what a comeback from Matt Moore. Uh, comes in, Jay Cutler, cracked ribs. He's going to be out. Two to forever weeks, somewhere in that range. Miami's about to go on a win streak. Yeah. Two to retirement. <laughs> yeah, two to back in the booth with, uh, who was it, Dick Stockton, I think he was going to be with, Not or sure. something like that. But, I think uh, it's, there's a really good chance this is actually an upgrade for that offense. It looked like it against I, the Jets. Yeah, and I was already talking about it plenty of times where I'm thinking, what, what does he have to do for them to bench him? Yeah, you know? uh, get I hurt. Think, I think he hurt. He should have been benched. <laughs> yeah. So... I'm interested in this. I think Matt Moore, we've always said he's serviceable. The The storyline was almost that they were just going to go with him anyway. If it wasn't for this Adam Gaze connection, which we've talked about also, has not been the strongest thing in the world. Right. You look at Julius Thomas, he's been a non-factor. Made a great catch yesterday, though. But, I mean, Jay Cutler has not been great. No. So maybe the, the Dolphins experience an uptick. They definitely yeah. came back once they put Matt Moore in the game and uh, – Keep it going. I I'm guess. not scared yeah. at all for Jarvis Landry. However, you know, Jay Cutler did seem to have a favorite, and it was Devontae Parker. So if Cutler misses extended time and Parker comes back before Cutler's back, I don't know that he's a must start until we see what we get with him with Matt Moore. Totally agree. And worth noting, Landry's had three touchdowns in a row, yeah. which is wild. He had First time th- in his career, maybe? Absolutely. Yeah. He had three touchdowns last year. Jeez, that's crazy. So um, expect regression on that i want to say but it's weird because he's been getting those red zone targets so i mean who knows i don't think he's a touchdown a game guy because he's just that's just not who he's been but this is going to be his highest scoring touchdown year ever yeah and a little further evidence that in a good matchup you can start pass catchers on the Jets, and you can start Josh McCown with confidence. Josh Shout McCown. out to those of you who cashed in on my plum pick. Josh McCown, monster game. Yeah. Awesome job, really, uh, until the end. You know, yeah. He blows the game entirely at the end, but fantasy, fantasy who cares? Who cares? You know? um, For those who want the Jets to tank, though, it was a great pick. Yeah, that's true. It was upsetting for me, <laughs> yeah. but... Um, you know, there's, those guys are still yeah. doing well. Uh, Jermaine K- Curse only catches one ball, but it's in the end zone. So yeah, you're happy you about that. Safarian Jenkins caught you know, two, but scored. Great he's job money. again. He's yeah, he's money man. Like you said, to, like you texted me, ASJ is money, and it's like he yep. is money. It's like I think I said he's my favorite player actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Panthers Bears was not money. This was like the worst game of the season. If it wasn't for Eddie Jackson, I can't even imagine what this game. This game might have ended in a three three tie if it wasn't for Eddie Jackson. The Bears got you know the big Eddie Jackson boost right there, fourteen points. Right, but because of 
We talked about how defensive touchdowns can make the fantasy game a little bit wacky. Yep. Trubisky completed four passes. Only threw seven. That's the whole game. You guys, you guys ready for the stat? T- Terry Cohen was all of it on that one play. And that was his only touch of the game. So also criminal. It's he's on watch. I yeah. mean, if you've been relying on him, hopefully you haven't had to. Um, I actually dropped him coming into some crazy buys, and uh, it 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 was it doesn't feel great about it, but I feel honestly I feel fine. There have been three games since like 1980 where a player has completed fewer than five passes and won a game. John Fox coaching Mitch Trubisky. John Fox coaching Tim Tebow and John Fox coaching Jake DeLome and the twilight of his career in Carolina. That's crazy. That's do you nuts. think he's proud of that? Like, do you think like someone yes. told him that and he was like, yeah, yes. I'm awesome. Yes. Like, he's definitely proud of that. He should be he's in, this, in today's <laughs> yeah. NFL. You know, I mean, he's turned it's, it's, it's Tebow time 2.0 with Trubisky here. Like yeah. that's exactly I mean, they have the a, way that they operated the offense. And it kind of, it, it makes sense. I mean, Howard is a stud. You have Cohen who, you know, yeah, I guess you can use him All, whenever you want, but he when just you needs to do, be on the field, I guess, good. to get yeah. some good attention. Yeah. And your defense is obviously pretty rock solid, so it does make sense. That defense just robbed Cam of his swagger. Yeah, Doesn't it was... seem like when you watch the Panthers play, there's games where Cam Newton wants to play football, and there's games where Cam Newton doesn't want to play football. Yep. And you'll never be able to tell before the kickoff, but once that ball's kicked off, you can tell immediately. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey still giving you serviceable PPR Output salvaging you with garbage. Only yeah. PPR though. salvaging with garbage. Yeah. He's on pace for over 100 catches and he's not even going to break 500 receiving yards pretty much. And wow. he's only averaging two and a half yards per carry, so his carries have not been otherworldly, not at all. Jonathan Stewart is a better running back, uh, getting the handoffs in the backfield. Yeah, of course, McCaffrey's bailing you out in PPR, which is awesome, but it's like. If you could add a little something to that, he'd be great. Really yeah. have something here, but we're waiting for that still. All right, Cardinals, Rams. I mean, with the with the Palmer injury, I'm putting every pass catcher that's not Larry Fitzgerald on watch. Including I think you can Larry, cut John really? and Jerron Brown, but I'm not saying you, I don't think you can cut Larry right now. No, you don't have a choice. You got to yeah. kind of ride it out, but he's on watch. Yeah, for no sure. Doubt. Adrian Peterson could become droppable depending on how they look after the bye as well. Of course, um, it's going to be a tough one for the Rams. The train keeps rolling. Yeah, the Rams are Todd Gurley. Good man. Yeah, you know, I had Todd Gurley in my in my DraftKings too, and he wasn't really that high picked, and I, I just kinda had a feeling that it was gonna be a Todd Gurley week, and luckily it was. I think there's gonna be more of that going on where Todd had, you know, a little rough patch in the middle there. But uh, I think he's gonna he's about to start picking it up a little bit, especially if the Rams keep winning like they have. I he's, mean if- he's doing great. And yeah. if you saw the run that he had on his touchdown, oh, I mean, it was man. his most impressive run of the season. Yeah, it was run, a not very a, nice not run. catch, but I mean, still crazy. And they're still using him in the past game. Uh, he's going to be a league winner, I think, by the end of the year. Very possible. Uh, Bucks, Bills, man, oh man, I hope the Bucks defense never figures it out. They are in a shootout every single so, week, and I love it. Was Jameis's shoulder hurt or? Not because he threw for five million yards. <laughs> he was he's a gamer, dude. I I think you know they probably shoot you up with something. Yeah, a little your, cortisone your, action. Yeah, if you yeah. Jameis Winston there, and he was you know riding the highs and playing <laughs> really well. But um, it's interesting. I like how Don said that. I hope they never figure it out because I I really hope they don't. Yeah. If Tyrod can do that with he put up no one plus twenty fantasy points. So if he can do that with nobody, literally. The, the tight end he threw a touchdown pass to. Logan Thomas. He was a quarterback in college. a converted college. Yeah. quarterback. Yep. And the other, another receiver that they added on Tuesday 
was a benefactor. Deontay uh, Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Thompson from yeah. the Bears. Um, yeah. He was added on Tuesday. So Crazy. he's making it work with it doesn't matter. I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's a perfect example. His stat line, when you look at it, is a it perfect awful, example of why I like Tyron yeah. Taylor. Yep. He had 20 in standard. So he had just a little bit over, over um, 250 yards passing. Then he had ten. 50 yards rushing. Five. A little bit over as well. Yeah. And one passing touchdown. There's your 20. There's 20 points. It's awesome. And it, and it's, dude, his schedule's heating up. I think he's about to heat up. Oh, yeah. I it's think Shady's going to, too. We, we did mm-hmm. see Jordan Matthews play, which was awesome. Um, he didn't go off or anything like that, but it'll be good to have um, a high-talent player out there. And with their schedule, I think he's a sneaky roster. Maybe we should have even brought him up. And um, Zay Jones, nowhere to be found. Sorry yeah. about that. It's over. <laughs> I think it's over. He, he stinks like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quite frankly, yeah, I would I would have to agree. Oh, boy. Um, you know, I wish, uh, I wish I was like – Banging on the table a little harder for uh, LaShawn McCoy, too, because I, I had been looking at his matchups and I knew that they were going to soften up. And, you know, obviously right now you're probably going to have to move a lot to trade him. And compared to last week, you might have been able to get a little cheaper. But yeah. this is a kind of performance that two touchdowns is a lot, but he's going to keep churning out big yep. games. Jags, Colts, Nothing really to say about the about the Colts. Not much to say about the Jags either. No. Because we talked about the running backs. Uh, Bortles Jags. did end up throwing for like 350 yards out of nowhere. And just one touchdown. Great catch by Mercedes Lewis, too. Yep. Yeah, and he had an opportunity to throw another touchdown early in the game. Totally missed a guy wide open yep. in the end zone. Shocker. Really, uh, it was a fist shaker for me. But the leagues where I did, you know, I, someone uh, informed me, basically, and changed my lineup, and I Spot started Bortles in one and Ben Roethlisberger in the other, my right. plum pick. And they both They're put about, about the same, same like yeah. 16, 17 fantasy yeah. points, which is what you want from a spot starter. So yeah, I was happy with Bortles. Um, they're going into the bye, so I'm not looking to add any Jaguars really. To you know, and yeah. I'm definitely not yep. investing in Colts right now. It's yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you listen to me game. about T.Y. Hilton again. Let's get that Jags defense to you know get a little breather and stay nice and loose and strong. Cause the, <laughs> Ten they're, sacks. They're the best fantasy defense right now i believe and uh seems like they're really only getting better man so yeah. the question then becomes to me as they go into their week eight bye no do you way. hold them you no way you're dropping them yeah yeah so you hold oh, on them. oh if you have them at this point they're a muscle yeah okay muscle okay good to know titans browns i mean we talked about this a lot the titans offense not good yeah the browns loser. offense luckily for the titans is worse oh, oh. yeah to oh. your <laughs> oh Scott right. sleep over there thinking about this game. <laughs> to uh, to Don's point from a couple episodes ago, Jonu Smith is worth a look if Delaney Walker's injury keeps him out. Yep. I mean, he wasn't putting any weight on his foot, and he's a big man, so that's a lot of weight that is gonna inevitably have to go on his feet. It's going um, there sometime. <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, he's good for missing about one game a year anyway. So maybe it'll be the next one. They do go into the bye, see if he's healthy. But if if he's unhealthy or if he can't play, you know, Jonu Smith is is worth a look. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I was, I was, you know, I had him in my one of my lineups, one of my daily lineups, and you know, once I heard the news from Delaney Walker, I was upset that the ball. Yeah, uh, Niners Cowboys. It may be the second to last week that fantasy owners get to use Zeke, but man, oh man, were they happy they had him yesterday? I, I tried in the last episode. I was basically yelling, saying, "This is the week for Zeke," you yeah. know. And of course, it was. It, it just teed up that he was just going to get touch after touch. He, he wasn't even trying to rip off 10-yard runs by the second half. This dude was just 
effortlessly ripping through them and you know you got to ride that wave as as long as you can for everyone who owns them yeah yeah um he's cleared to play this next week yes he will be playing against washington so you know zeke owners can be and they play monday night too so that's important to be happy for now for now so you know we're living one week at a time it is one week at a time in the zeke saga but dak prescott i i mean i gotta give it to him 30 fantasy points he's he's doing these he's giving us these big fantasy performances Ugh. all the time he and he's these, running very well too and he's running into the end zone which is worth a Dude. lot yeah so he's um, awesome yeah. he's great he's so <laughs> he great. is so good and he's having such a good season that we were you know uh don obviously ro- lost rogers basically everywhere so we were kind of flipping through some of the leagues that were in together and i was like Dude, you got to trade for Dak Prescott. Like he is going nuts. Like, and then I started actually looking at his numbers. He's gone over twenty, I think twenty-two, four straight weeks. Wow. Over twenty-nine back-to-back weeks. He's just been I'll tell you on what, fire. If Dallas keeps winning and that they keep winning during the Zeke suspension, Dak Prescott is for sure going to be an MVP contender as no well. No question. Um, let's move on now. Bengals Steelers, the rivalry that really isn't a rivalry because I feel like the Steelers win every single time. Um, Vontez Burfecht will be suspended again. Hallelujah. Rejoice. Um, and Le'Veon Bell has been amazing. <laughs> yeah. Le'Veon Bell has just been otherworldly. Can he keep it up, though? 35 Wait, carries yeah. in three straight Did weeks. Did you guys see the stat? Yeah, I no. tweeted it. Which one? He's about to break. He's on pace to break the touch record for a season. So he's about to get, you know, his production is insane right now yeah. just off that alone. Do I think it'll last? I mean, no. <laughs> it can't, right? How right? can it? <laughs> they were ge- they gave a fourth down carry to like their backup fullback who pl- only does special right. teams. I was like, what were they doing? And then I saw that Le'Veon was already at twenty nine carries <laughs> in the second in the quarter. middle of the fourth quarter. I was like, okay, like maybe. But on fourth and one, maybe they should have gave him a rest a couple of plays ago. But anyway, I the mean, the stat I thought you were going to go with is the Steelers are seventeen and zero when Le'Veon Bell gets twenty three carries or more. They're right. nineteen and twenty when he doesn't. Problem solved. So uh, as long as they keep that up, you yeah, know, I mean, he's, yeah. he's That's, unbelievable. He, yeah. he dictates the pace of a of a football game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really you know, does. It's it's even the even the play when yeah. he gets the ball is on his terms, and it's cool to watch. Yeah, going to the Bengals. I mean, are they really just never going to figure out that they have to feature Joe Mixon if they want to do anything in the run game? Only seven carries for Joe Mixon. Uh, it's a perplexing one. I was on the Joe Mixon hype train for this week upcoming. I think by the end of the, like, we keep saying this, you know, by the end of the season, it'll shake out in his favor. But for now, he's matchup dependent. Like, he's not someone that you should be plugging in and playing every single week. But I can definitely yeah. be convinced into starting him certain weeks. But you have to temper your expectations yeah. at least to some degree because the possibility of him not being as involved as you would like to see yeah. is clear. Interesting I, start to the game for A.J. Green this week. He got, I think, three catches on their first drive. Didn't do anything after the first quarter. So, you know, I think it just goes to show you the Pittsburgh defense is a real thing. Like, it's something that you're going to have to be weary of if you have an elite receiver going up against them because the Bengals are going to play the Steelers again. Artie Burns, baby. <laughs> Living up to the billing. Just, you know. Excellent. He, he, <laughs> he steps up and, and has another great performance and another great receiver. I think what's killing Mixon is, you know, game script. So he's not going to get all this pass work with Gio Bernard so heavily involved and, you know, them looking to get the ball to Croft and A.J. Green. So once they start to go behind, Mixon gets in trouble. But, you know, 10 touches and 70 total yards is what Mixon had. 
you know yeah. that that's screaming for more touches. Only I, problem is, will he get them? All right. Yeah, I agree. Giants Seahawks. The Seahawks offense woke up in the second half, and for the Giants, to me, I mean, what more Story do I Seahawks. need to say about Evan Engram? I was I was really happy that the the Seahawks kind of put it together for this week. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, Russell Wilson owners, and they finally got a call in the end zone to go their way for one of their receivers. Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. That was garbage, man. That was worse than the Golden Tate. That one. was Man Catch Monday. Oh, for yeah? Landon Collins. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I wrote uh, a contested catch, a highly contested catch. Oh, it was highly contested, especially that's for on sure. Twitter. It, it counts, um, and that's all that matters in fantasy. That's right for me and for hopefully Russell you. Wilson owners. Yeah. yeah, Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin showing up in a big way. Uh, you know, I like him out of the slot. We were talking about Dude, that uh, last week. He had that second one too. Wide he did. open, yeah. wide open, bomb. I think he even had a third in the first half that he like could have dove for, but I don't know if he would have even but, came up with it. Uh, yeah. To get back to your question, Don, about Evan Ingram, uh, this dude's an every week starter. He's a top five tight end for the rest of the season, in my opinion. Uh, and Don was, you know, we were talking. I keep talking about trades with Don because he's trying to make moves in the league to try and to try and get this championship. And of course, I'm here to help him. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, so you know, I'm going to package his trade with." And then, and the first name that comes out of his mouth is Evan Ingram, and I stop him right there. I'm like, "No, <laughs> you don't trade Evan Ingram. Take it from someone who is shuffling tight ends in and out of lineups every single week. <laughs> Put you you keep Evan Ingram. He is a stud. He did it against Seattle and Denver back to back, back to back weeks with the touchdown against those nothing two defenses. Else, nothing else you could ask for yeah. from the. Dude. I mean, and Denver fire. has been a soft tight end target all year. I had I was going back and forth between starting him and Hunter Henry, and Hunter Henry didn't have as good a game as Engram, but Still I mean, missed. yeah. So it's just been great to see because you know we had a certain someone to my left mention that he thinks that some of these rookie tight ends are going to kind of break that mold, and it seems like Engram is definitely going to do it rest of the season, and you know he just you fell know, into a great opportunity. A lot of circumstance has definitely helped him with Odell's unfortunate collapsing and Marshall and Shepard, but that doesn't matter now. We're moving forward, and and right now, moving forward, Evan Ingram is the centerpiece of this offense. We don't live in New Jersey. We live in the present. That's right. (laughs) All right. Um, We're going to uh, Broncos Chargers now. The Chargers defense, I mean, what else can you say? A tough Melvin Gordon week, but I think game flow had a lot to do with that, particularly on that punt return in the first half. Um, Denver ends up sustaining two pretty long drives, and then has to punt, and they take the punt back, and then they sustain a long drive. And so, you know, Gordon just never got it going, and he got vultured by Austin Eckler in the backfield, which is a play that they usually run for him. So I think maybe that shoulder thing was a little bit more serious than we thought, but he escaped without being hurt, and I think he's going to be fine moving forward. I think you can chalk it up to Denver having – they had an off game versus the Giants as far as run stoppage. And that they just are the best run stopping team in the NFL right now. Yeah. They haven't allowed a running back touchdown on the ground. Eckler did it uh, receiving in the are. backfield. Yep. Um, and the one thing that Melvin, Ing- or Melvin Gordon owners can hang their hat on is that he was getting goal line work r- like one play after the next, after the next, after the next. They ran, they had the ball on the one. And they gave it to him every single four time. Four times, yeah. yeah. They gave it to so him every it was... single time. He just didn't happen to. Yeah. Uh, push through, and if he had, we might be seeing a little yeah. different tune about his his total day. Los Angeles's coach Anthony Lynn went nuts on their offensive line 
because he he felt like you know four tries they should have got in. They also right. ran in the same direction every time, so that might also have been play calling. But um, Melvin's gonna but be yeah. fine. Yeah. I agree. You know the shoulder thing I think was pretty serious. Yeah, but. And then you go up so big, and you're watching this Broncos. They literally did nothing for an offense out there, and you're like, "Why would I put Melvin Gordon in when this team's not scoring a point on me?" Right. Then we got the Super Bowl rematch that wasn't. I mean, it won't be the Super Bowl this year the way Atlanta's playing. Um, They finally get it through their heads that they have Julio Jones. He gets four catches, including a pity touchdown on their last drive to prevent the shutout. But you know. Everybody's kind of been saying this on TV, and like Tom and I watched around the horn. And pardon the pardon the interruption before we started. And everybody's saying like it's more about the Falcons' offense than the Pats' defense, and it's hive mentality. But I'm saying, yeah, it is. This Falcons' offense is not very good right now. Yeah, I think it's the obvious change in offensive coordinator. They're just not on the same page yeah. um, as they were last year. It seems so streamlined. Everyone's getting the ball. He was spreading it around. I think. Matt Ryan had touchdowns to like 13 different people last year. Yeah, something and insane like this that. This year, there's no way that's going to be replicated. It's Might just, not even get 13 touchdowns at yeah, this rate. <laughs> uh, so for me, paired with the fact that Bill Belichick can now control the weather, that game was just never going to go their way. Oh, my God. We had like one of the worst takes of the year. Did you guys see Julio Jones blamed the pregame fireworks for the fog? <laughs> Julio is allowed to say whatever he wants as far as I'm concerned. And I'll tell you what, it probably was those fireworks, man. You don't know. You're not out there grinding like he is. Fire controlling, sorry, weather controlling fireworks. Yeah, Belichick brought them. Yeah, and you know, the Pats are are still the Pats. I don't think anything yesterday kind of dissuaded me from anybody on their team. Yeah, they're kind of getting back to their... Patriot ways in the backfield, though. Oh, so yeah. Gillisley owners are getting frustrated for sure. We got a full um, mess on our hands back there. Yeah, it's a full there. mess. It, Rex Burkhead comes back and healthy, and he actually gets involved. Looked pretty good, too. <laughs> looks pretty good. Deion Lewis looks really good. James yeah. White's still out there. So it's like, it's a, it's a total roulette spin. Oh, and, it's a mess. Uh, I'm not interested until, I, <laughs> quick, until further uh, notice. Quick update on the Patriot target share. Chris Hogan, 47. Brandon Cooks, 46. Gronk and James White, 45. That is awesome. Way to go, Tommy. <laughs> that is That's crazy. Awesome. And Love Amendola that. probably would be right up there if it weren't for all the time he missed. Right, yeah, no question. And of course Edelman as well. I yeah, mean, it was but, just uh they're really spreading it around and I mean, you know, it's just a matter of who scores for the Patriots, but they're gonna, so you gotta feel like there's a floor there, especially for those four guys I just mentioned. It's just a matter of, you know, are they gonna score and you know, Gronk didn't this week, so I feel like he's due next week. And by the way, because we've now talked about it, there is definitely a two or three touchdown game from Mike Gillisley coming at the worst possible time. Well, I hope maybe he can get lucky and the Chiefs will just uh, get some P.I. calls so he can just walk in because those are really – that's the only good game he's had all season, basically. Um, one thing that I always think of when I watch the, the Falcons is that, like, Devontae Freeman is so good yeah. and Julio Jones is so good. Stop giving the ball to literally anybody else. Run the ball 30 times with Devontae Freeman like the Steelers do and target Julio Jones 20 times like the Steelers do. And look at the Steelers. They're winning games. They're good. It's ugly, but they're winning. Yeah. And, you know, the the Falcons won pretty all year last year, so they kind of take winning ugly for granted. 
and now they they can't win ugly. No. So it's uh it's going to be a very interesting week coming up for them. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting week eight preview, which will be coming on Thursday. Uh, if you need us for anything, waiver wire claims, who to add, who to drop type things, hit us up on Twitter at RutzFF. You can hit up Tom at HillierFF. Scott is at WagsFF. I am at WhySoSerious. We will see you on Thursday for the week eight preview. And until then, keep scoring. Hey,